It's episode 86 of the Presentable Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Dean. Today on the program is Lori McLeese, Global Head of Human Resources for Automatic, the company that makes WordPress.com. We're going to talk about how one of the world's largest completely distributed companies functions and how we can work well with each other while we're apart. Lori, thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh, it is such a pleasure. I'm so excited to speak to you today, Jeff. That is great to hear because I've been looking forward to this for a little while. <laughs> maybe, maybe before we start, a little background is in order because I try to, I try to put out all of the potential like conflicts of interest when I'm talking. And oh, so, yeah, we might be, have a conflict <laughs> beyond the fact that uh, True is a big investor in your company, Automatic. I've known you for like 20 years. I think. <laughs> It's, it's got to be at least that long. And we're just great friends. And I'm so happy to have you on the program. Thank you. Yes, I was thinking about this when I was preparing to come on here. I was like, wow, we, we met in 2000 at a The Web show. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a big conference called The Web. The Web. <laughs> That's right. That was uh, a very, very different world a very long time ago. Oh, it was. It was actually right at the end. Of, yes. of like the first kind of uh, bloom of the web. Uh, <laughs> we were doing these uh, these big events, um, uh, which were big, big conferences, you know, like thousands and thousands of people and everything. Uh, 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 and they were great. And I would go and give a talk about design and nobody knew what I was talking about. Web design, what's that, right? Like I was the one one design session and stuff like that. And then one day, everything is gone. It was the, exactly. the dot-com bust and the conferences were done. Anyway, but the, the benefit is we got to meet each other. And so we've been friends ever since. And I'm really, I'm really pleased. Me too. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> uh, and you work for one of our portfolio companies, uh, one of our bigger ones, one of our more successful ones at that, which is Automatic. And that is the company that makes WordPress.com, uh, which is interesting in that you have, what do you have, a thousand people now? Almost 1,200. Almost 1,200 people and no office. Well, we, we, we acquired Tumblr in the fall and Tumblr, Tumblr does have a New York office, but no one is obviously going there right now and have not been for the past month or so. Yeah. 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 But, but, uh, WordPress, uh, or automatic, I should say has been largely just a completely distributed company. I know you've had sort of HQ office and then like you didn't after a while because Nobody was going because the company functions so well in a kind of completely distributed manner. Right. And so I thought this is one of the like, so I try to make my podcast a little bit timeless, a little bit more like wisdom and, and, and things like that, rather than like what happened last week, what happened last week. Got it. However, there are a series of these episodes which are recorded in what will history will reflect on as the dark era of where like we're in the middle of the pandemic everybody is at home uh we have uh, as we're recording this will this will we'll, we'll put this on in a couple of weeks but as we're recording we're not even to to the we don't even know how far this is going the extent of the curve and and all of that stuff so we're right in the middle of it and i thought well we should have a conversation about how we're all working differently now or most of us are working right. differently which is how you have worked for 10 years at least or uh, or even longer with the uh, with this this company that's been super successful at doing so. Automatic has been working distributedly for 15 years. I mean, since our inception. Yeah. And I've been with the company for almost 10 years. And so, yeah, this is this is my 
normal, so to speak. Um, although it's not normal right now, but right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, you guys have the muscle memory of like, you know, you, yes. it, it is the way in which you just approach everything. Uh, and yep. there's some really sort of interesting, like process stuff and culture stuff in particular around how you do that. I thought it might be interesting um, not to have a, like a design specific question about how we do that, um, okay. but just like how, how people doing their jobs today, all of a sudden at home when potentially most of them never have, just how, how, how do they get better at it? You know? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is actually to acknowledge that, um, we are living and working in a global crisis and we happen to be at home. Mm. That this is not the normal uh, work from home experience. And, and that's true even for Automatic, who has had 15 years of practice doing this. And um, some things to think about are try to create some structure, like try to create a place that is your, your working spot. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a separate room. It could be a corner. It could be, you know, half of your dining room table. Um, it could be a window. And think about the structure of your day. Like try to still have, you know, get up in the morning, wash your face, brush your teeth, wash your hands, put on, on your I'll date. be right back. <laughs> oh, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's true though. I, at at some point, it's like, oh, oh, it's oh, it's oh. middle of the day. I probably should have brushed my hair today. Yeah, no. So the structure, for sure, for sure, it helps. And and you know, put on your your day pajamas. Like switch out of whatever you slept in, and it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be fancy, but just something that marks that change of oh, I'm going to work now. And I also would say that, you know, there's, there are some relatively inexpensive tools that you can get that make working from home just much better. Like get a headset um, to when you're doing voice calls. And, you know, the one that I'm wearing now costs less than $50 and mm -hmm. it's got great sound. Mm -hmm. um, it's noise counseling, so you can't hear the birds chirping or any of the other things behind me. Um, in addition, think about, you know, etiquette. When you go into an office, you probably have some type of etiquette around like, you know, don't steal someone's food in the refrigerator. Think about <laughs> when you're working from home, um, what kind of etiquette do you have? When you sign on to Zoom or Slack, or Slack or Skype or whatever tool you're using to communicate with your workers, um, is it a norm to actually say, hi, or wave, or good morning, or do you just jump right in to work? And our team, who, again, has been doing this for many years, we have become more social hmm. in our kind of work channels, meaning that we do sign on like, hey, like, good morning, how's everyone doing? How'd you sleep? What'd you do this weekend? And it's just, I think, a chance to actually create some stronger personal relationships as well when we're all alone at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you and and I actually think like, uh, for lack of a better term, production quality is mm -hmm. really is actually really important. Like, yeah. um, I too am a remote employee. I'm the only one from True Ventures over here in uh, in London in Europe, actually. Yeah. Um, 
even though so much of my job is I, I go out, like I have an office and, and all that kind of stuff, I spend an inordinate amount of time on Zoom, uh, you know, right. for all of our meetings uh, and things like that. And so I asked the company to really help me invest in this, you know, like get me set up and stuff. So I have this uh, fancy 4K webcam. And, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And it's, again, it was like, instead of a $99 webcam, it's a $300 webcam or something like that. So it wasn't like crazy. Um, right. I don't have like, you know, a remote CNN facility here or anything, <laughs> but it looks really good because technology is crazy advanced, you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so I have, yeah. so I have a 4K camera and they have 4K cameras and it comes on. It's like, oh my God, like, <laughs> wow, this looks really good. Um I do podcasts, so I have a, you know a fancy microphone, and I use that when I do these calls, and it does feel like that sort of conversation that two people on the news have, you know, where they're right. both in really high resolution. There's no dropouts. I've got Ethernet to my laptop, like I really set it up. Um, Correct. Yeah, and I can really tell when somebody doesn't, and it makes it. You have to have more etiquette when the technology is not working. What you know, and the like. The 10th time where I didn't quite get the subject and verb from that last sentence, like, oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> so, uh, so even if this is probably temporary for a lot of people, the idea of like put a, a little bit of effort into your setup, into your kit. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I discovered quite recently um, is that I tend to work in the same spot each day in my office, you know, mm -hmm. near the windows. And I actually, I don't use wireless internet. I actually connect mm -hmm. to my ethernet. And, and it makes just a much better experience. Calls don't drop. There's not as much lag. And so I think anything that you can do to make sure that your tools that you're using are the best that you can make them, like given your situation. Yeah, because while I am doing a call with my partners at the firm, I am competing against the Fortnite going on downstairs <laughs> at all times. Exactly. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, some good, uh, get, get the ethernet going. So, yeah. so I have a chance at least of getting through, <laughs> uh, but so a lot of that though, also, um, presupposes that we are doing a lot of in-person stuff. And I know that, uh, from what I've read from, you know, Matt Mullenweg, the founder of automatic and, th and, and other things that, uh, those should kind of be, uh, I don't know if this is the right term, but the last resort. Like if we have to get together to discuss and, and hash something out, let's do that. But we kind of have to assume that most of the team is asleep at any given time. Correct. Literally, yeah. right? Like if, if yeah. I'm on a team of 15 people and we're in six time zones, like getting together is uh, hard. Yeah. And that's interesting that you said that because my team has 15 team members uh -huh. and we're spread across 10 time zones. Oh my God. <laughs> and so... You know, it's, we have to be, we do get together once a week synchronously uh -huh. for a team video call. And that is, that is a sacred time. It's one hour a week and yeah. it's super early for some people and it's late for some people. And the team has said like, this is so important for mm -hmm. us to get together and actually see each other and be able to talk once a week. Um, but other than that, it's written communication and some of the guidelines that we've put in place, at least in, in my team, are whenever we send each other Slack messages, we preface it with, 
not urgent or urgent or response requested by blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Just so that before they even get into the context of the message, they understand, is this something I need to read right now or can I wait? Um, And how much time do I think this might take to respond to it? And we encourage people, if you get a message and someone has a request and you're not going, you don't think you have the time or the bandwidth to devote to it right now, reach back and say like, hey, this is what's going on with me right now. Um, how important is is it that you get this by this Friday? And uh-huh. if it's if it's highly important, then yeah, we'll we'll get it done. But if it's just an arbitrary deadline, then there's some um there's some back and forth. Yeah. So yeah. No, 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 no. So another good tip is to always uh, put on do not disturb while you're on a call. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. <laughs> I am so sorry. That was my, I did do do not disturb on Slack. I didn't do it on my phone. I'm oh, actually turning my phone off right now. <laughs> I so am perfect. so sorry. Oh, cut it out. Cut it out. That was perfect. That was perfect. a perfect example of another. <laughs> Couldn't have been better. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you do you need to take the call? No, I do not. Okay, it is good. it is a. It looks like it is a Chinese spam call. Okay. So I definitely do not need to take it. Uh, but now going back though to what you were saying about Slack and sort of being explicit about about the expectations for the communication are a set of norms, right? Like. And and I think a lot of people are in a position where I'm working with a company and we're kind of feeling it out and we, we're not explicit about our communication norms. And I think that's incredibly important. All right? I, right. I, I know as like my experience, so with uh, when we were building Typekit about 10 years ago, uh, we were about 40% distributed. So a, a San Francisco headquarters, uh, four, five or six people in New York, and then all over the place. And so... Right. I realized very quickly that we needed two things. One, we needed a set of very explicit norms. This is how we're going to communicate with each other. Even at the level of like, if you Slack somebody, say this, right? Like, you know, what, what your expectations were, like you were saying. Um, and then the other thing was like, treat the team that it was at headquarters as if they were distributed as well. So that all the norms applied to everybody. And right. not just the, the remote people. So, And um, we do that. We also, on Zoom video calls, we ask, you know, many people will be like, oh, put yourself on mute unless you're speaking. We actually ask everyone not to put themselves on mute Hmm. because it creates some friction when someone's like, oh, I want to say something. Wait, where do I go to unmute myself? Oh, and then there's just a split second delay. And it, it just feels a little bit awkward. And we also want, we want people to hear the Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like we yeah. want people to hear that because that gives extra um, richness to the conversation. Yeah. 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 The, the excruciating silence at the end, like when you finish saying something, like I have this really good idea. What do you guys all think? Dead silent, right? <laughs> Everybody's probably fumbling for their, their, you know, unmute key or uh, shortcut trying to remember what it was. And it's just the worst. Cause if that happened in real you know, in, in a physical office, you'd be like, what did I just, oh my God, right? But it happens constantly on a video conference. Yeah. So yeah. So, all right, keep mute off. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, so anyway, let's, uh, I, I wanted to go back to 
eliminating the need for the in-person, right? Like, and that's right. a, that's a big cultural thing, right? Uh, I feel like there are kind of three tiers of communication. One is the real time in-person. Let's hash some stuff out. Let's like disseminate information. Let's bond socially. Yeah. Great. Uh, and then there is the, the, the social chat, right? So I think I have long believed that chat is amazing for culturally because mm-hmm. you can stay connected with people, that it's really good in an operational sense. Like, mm-hmm. like six people need to launch a thing or, you know, do a pull request or whatever it is, getting mm-hmm. them all together and having the output of their work piped into the channel and all of that stuff is fantastic. But it's terrible at the third thing, which is the kind of the uh, recording of knowledge, decisions, and information. It's terrible at that. And so one of the things I've come to realize is for for teams working, chat, like you should never feel penalized for not scrolling back. Right. right? You should never right. be out of the loop because you haven't gone all the way back and caught up on chat. Chat should always be right there in a the minute. And if you and yep. I are chatting and we come across some kind of like, oh, that's a good thing. We should... Let's decide to do that. That has to go into like bucket number three of knowledge dissemination. That can be, I don't know, what do you, you guys have P2 as, as a way to do that. We could talk about that, but like Basecamp or Asana mm-hmm. or GitHub issues or whatever it is. And you probably right. have multiple for different kinds of teams. But that's the kind of way that I've thought about the communication layer. We think exactly the same that. Um, our Slack instances are really for kind of in the moment communication, but then our WordPress.com websites called P2s for the, the theme that we use are what we use to document decisions. And those are open to everyone in the company. And so anyone, you don't have to be just on the team that made the decision. Anyone can see the important things that went into the decision yeah. and when it was made. And we we do have a saying within our company, we're P2 it or it didn't happen. So <laughs> it, you know, yeah. it has to go, it has to be available for everyone to see how that decision was made. Right. And and just, just for cl- clarification, P2 is kind of like a blog template, but kind of more focused on, um, on comments and and a discussion mm-hmm. thread, right? So people, it's not just like you're posting it on a blog or, or anything, right? Right. So there's a there's the post and then people can like it. They can comment on it. The comments are threaded. So you can see, you know, when someone said something, who said it. It's, right. Yeah. And a good tagging system so you can sort of yep. follow uh, ideas and, and whatnot throughout. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's cool. So there, again, like keep coming back to etiquette, right? Like <laughs> yeah. from... Uh, real-time communication to Slack and or chat in general, having a lot of etiquette uh, to then how do we like essentially take the responsibility of um, moving the ideas that are happening in those two environments into a, a more of a permanent place? Exactly. A permanent place that is also searchable. Yeah. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. And hard. Yes. I feel like I worked on this problem in 2000 <laughs> when I, you know, when we were starting up you did. adaptive path and we were like, Hey, like people have a lot of stuff on their website. They should be able to find it. <laughs> yep. Not, still not a solved problem. We have much better tools though. Much better. But, um, it's interesting. We see a lot of tools like that, uh, in pitches and stuff like that come with entrepreneurs working on new stuff, uh, in that broad bucket of productivity. And what I have found so interesting is how there is 
there is no solution to this problem. There are just different ways to attack it, to, um, to embrace it, uh, right. and that a team will cycle through various productivity tools over time as they mature, as they, as they grow, and, and things like that. So there's not even one answer for one team. There will be exactly. answers over time for how you change. Yeah. And we've changed over the years. Like when I first joined Automatic, we were IRC all the way. Oh, yeah. And then Slack came out and it was really, you know, the company was divided between let's try this new thing and nope, IRC is is the way to do it. And we eventually migrated over to, to Slack, I think because of the ability to put really funny gifts in there. But yeah. <laughs> the gifts are the engine that power all innovation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that stuff is important. I think it's really important, it right? Like it's it's not it's not a coincidence that the app is called Slack. Like you know, like right as as a sort of like it's not all work. It right. is there, there um, and I uh, have thought about that. Like there is this this I don't know. You've sort of raised or many of us, uh, but raised to like when you appreciate somebody, you should go and talk to them and tell them. Right. Yes. Like go over in person and say, Hey, look, uh, I think you're doing a really good job. I'm glad you're on my team. It's a joy to work with you. Thank you. And that's so powerful and yes. also really expensive, like emotionally, like it's hard mm -hmm. to do. And I have found that the, like those little, little like high fives and stuff in Slack are a good kind of bridge between the times when you do that. As a way, yeah. right? And especially when we're not in the same physical place where I'd have to like, could we have a quick call? Like, why? Like, because I, I want to tell you you're awesome. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that happens a lot. No, but maybe it should. I'm I getting think it, some good I ideas. Do. I think that's yeah. great. And and frankly, I've been very impressed with uh, seeing all, uh, a bunch of the companies that we track, what yeah. they're doing socially to yeah. to compensate here. And like even having like, let's just have lunch together. Just turn on Zoom and eat. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because even though we've been working distributedly for 15 years, we have upped our social game during the time of coronavirus, meaning that, so meetups are very important to us. Our whole company gets together once a year. We encourage our teams to get together face-to-face -to a couple of times a year. And that's that's off. And we don't know when that might come back. And so we're doing things like playing games on Slack. We are, are over video communication. Yeah. Um, we're doing the same thing. Like, oh, let's all eat whatever meal is appropriate right. Right. Sure. together. <laughs> or have, you know, an afternoon happy hour, again, yep. with whatever beverage is appropriate. And our events team set up uh, P2 specifically for anyone to add an event to our company calendar. We encourage it to be less than an hour and it could be anything. We've had um, a mask making session. We've had chair yoga. We've had the, the tot mess, which is when toddlers get to take over zoom. <laughs> We've had, um, just very, we had open mic, we've had trivia. And so that's a way to continue to build those, those social aspects of the relationship, even when we're not in person. 
All right. I want to keep going on that topic, but let's take a little break first and uh, talk about our friends at Rogue Amoeba. Have you ever heard of them? I have. Thank you. Yeah. They, yeah, they are, they are a company, I think a smaller company that has been around for, I don't know, it's got to be at least a decade in the Mac uh, sound w- universe. Like the, they, they do all sorts of stuff uh, for how you do audio on your Mac. Uh, and they are sponsoring this episode of Presentable. Uh, they have a new app called SoundSource, uh, which is a sound control utility that's so good that I, I honestly believe this. It should be should have been built into Mac OS, the level of control they have. Look, I use uh, my Mac for all sorts of audio stuff. Did I ever tell you that I've been like making electronic music? No! I know, right? It's <laughs> Yeah, Wait, no, so I got... you DJ for us? Uh, I am not going to do it right now. Um, <laughs> uh, and less DJing and a little more just like using music apps to make uh, the songs that a DJ might use. Um, Got it. Yeah. So I might have Ableton Live open in one window. I might have Spotify streaming something, or I might be trying to capture, like do some sampling out of YouTube. I've got Zoom going. I'm trying to podcast. I got all of this stuff. And SoundSource, I think, is kind of like this control center for how all the audio on your Mac works. So uh, it's a little uh, icon that replaces the, the little speaker icon you have in your menu bar. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when you pull that down, it shows all of the apps that you have and allows you to like have different routing for where the audio goes. Instead of my headphones, I want it to go to this speaker instead of there. I want it to go over here. You can set an EQ so that you could have like the, the sound coming from Spotify EQ'd in a different way than it comes from zoom. Uh, it, it, uh, let's see, what else can we do? It does all sorts of stuff. Oh, you can, it, it'll boost the volume levels of an app beyond 100%. So, uh, so you can, for, for something that's coming very soft and you don't want like your alerts from your Mac being super loud, you can like boost them that way. Uh, set different equalizer for even one. Also, if you're super geeky about this stuff, you can use audio units, which are a form of plugins that you can do for audio. So you could do like, all kinds of crazy effects with any sound coming out of any app and, and stuff like that. Um, you don't have to go to your system pr- uh, preferences when you want to do this stuff. Uh, if you have a device, this is a little technical, but if you have a device with a dis- display port or HDMI port uh, and it doesn't offer a volume adjustment, SoundSource will add it in so you can actually use a proper volume slider with uh, whatever device that you have, whether it makes it possible or not. So SoundSource does that. Uh, all of this power right from your menu bar. <laughs> so macaudio.com slash presentable is where to go. Uh, check it out. You can download a free trial and save 20% with coupon code presentable. That's macaudio.com slash presentable. Coupon code presentable. Uh, thanks to Audio Wizards at Rogue Amoeba for sponsoring the show. They're really, really good. Uh, all right. Where were we? What were we talking about? Being remote, doing all sorts of stuff. Let me get my notes in front of me here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. I, uh, this, uh, let's talk about hiring and firing. So mm. I know many of the people that listen to this podcast are in management or leadership positions. Okay. Uh, I think this applies whether you're doing, you've got a design or product team or engineering team or whatever. Uh, but we are in an environment where, uh, I think you might be some, some companies still growing and still mm-hmm. might be hiring people without ever having met them. And I think that's uh, weird for a lot of people. I know, but I know you at automatic do that all the time. Yeah, that's, that's our normal 
method of hiring. We um, never being in the same room with the person you're hiring. I think no, and even rarely um, having voice conversations. Like almost all of our hiring process is written, and it starts with someone sends in an application. We review it, and it's interesting because we actually have hiring councils that hire for the different roles. So HR is one of the last groups to get involved. So we're not Hmm. at the front end of the process. So we have um, engineers or developers reviewing developer applications. If it looks good, they do a Slack chat, see about their interest in the company. Oh, interesting. Sort of first interaction. First interaction. It's usually anywhere from 45 minutes to 90 minutes. Yeah. So that's, Wow, it's got so many things going on in my head around like bias and mm. uh, just the the uh, I don't know what what is your experience around does that equal like level the playing field is that better for some people or worse for some people like it just seems uh, uh, it seems really interesting to me that you could like do interviews that way without the like immediate assumption of like what this person looks like frankly yeah and honestly. In my case, it's been really interesting that we get later into the interview process and I find out that someone is male when I assume they were female or vice versa. Or uh-huh. the reason that we start with a, a Slack or a written interview is that written communication is so important at Automatic that we want to make sure that they have a, a baseline standard of being able to communicate in that in that way. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we do a skills test. They have like a week to turn it back in. And then if looks like could be a good fit, they do a paid trial. And so we ask them to do part-time. Oh. It's not, not full-time. We don't ask them to quit their job or anything. It's usually about 10 hours a week. Um, and the whole trial is usually maybe 20 to 30 hours. So a couple of weeks, part-time, asynchronous. So you're getting used to the way that we communicate at Automatic. And it's based on kind of what you would actually be doing at Automatic. So either design or coding or, you know, an HR handling a tough situation with, uh, you know, an employee. And then we do it, we do, that's when HR comes in and we do a final chat and kind of do the like, oh, okay, here's what we're offering you. Do you have any questions about working at Automatic? And we're so excited to have you join us. Is the trial run actual work? Like are developers writing code that would get integrated and designers making interfaces? Or is it more like, I don't know, like a test? Um, well, definitely in HR, it's it's a test. We're not giving them access to real employee data. We've we basically created a, a dummy set of data that got it, we're saying, got it, got you know, it. use this. Um, with the code... Well, actually, uh, yeah, there are things that trials have done that we then, usually once they're hired, they continue to work on and it gets hmm. integrated into, yeah. That's so interesting. I, uh, that must uh, help you dodge a lot of bullets, I guess is one way to put it. Yeah. Our turnover rate is pretty low. It's 4 5%. Oh, um, yeah, good. And and I do think that part of that is because we have this lengthy interview process. But to get hired at Automatic usually takes a couple of months. So oh, yeah. you have to really want to work here. And you have to really like the way that we work. And 
one of the biggest successes of our hiring process is that applicants actually drop out during the trial. They say, you know what? We thought, yeah, sure. we thought we would like working from home. We actually don't. So we're, we're yeah. going to go look for another company, which I think is wonderful because how much better to know that in the interview process <laughs> than after you've quit a job, you know, invested in joining a new company and then finding out, oh, I don't like this. Totally. Totally. Ah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So they can dodge a bullet as well. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. That's very cool. Um, so that brings up more of the sort of the culture and, and sort of happiness and like, is this working and how do you, I mean, this is like probably one of the chief focuses of an HR team, right? Yeah. Is everybody, everybody cool? Like, is th <laughs> are things all right? <laughs> Should we change it? You know, but yep. like, how do you yep. measure it? I, I know that there's tools like culture amp and stuff like that, uh, which has grown tremendously because kind of tapped into this idea of like, how do you get some sense of qualitative but objective, like like what's the pulse of the company right now? How are we doing? Yeah, we do use CultureAmp, and uh -huh. um, we use it for uh, engagement surveys, which the whole company does, you know, every year-ish, um, sometimes less, sometimes more. And we also use them to um, collect exit interview data in addition to an actual exit interview. Mm. And our hiring teams are putting together new hire surveys so that once you've been with a company for a couple of months, we ask you to reflect on what's going well, what's not, so we can use that information to make changes in how we do our onboarding. In addition to that, our absolutely amazing engineers on my team have built some internal tools where we encourage just a continuous culture of feedback. So we're asking team members to give feedback on their leads. We're asking leads to give feedback on their team members. We're asking peers to give feedback on each other. And there are tools to send feedback to HR so that you can do that. Again, most of that is peer feedback about something that someone's done particularly well. Sometimes it's about mm -hmm. some things that they haven't done well, but most of the time it's actually used for positive accolades. Mm. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we, we try to do. We also have town halls where once a month, Matt, our founder, broadcast a town hall and anyone can ask questions. Um, there's... You can send them by email and have them be anonymous. You can mm -hmm. ask them live on the video. And we do a lot of follow-up about, okay, what do we need to, to work on? And in addition, we, um, every time someone's hired, HR checks in with them at one month and does a face-to-face -face interview about, hey, how are things going? Like, mm. any surprises? Any resources we can help you find? Um, which is also really helped us figure out what's going well in onboarding and what's not. Onboarding, I'm super interested in not mm -hmm. just uh, how companies do it, but how teams do it as well, mm -hmm. right? Because it mm -hmm. should be different for different teams. So, right. you know, when we were bringing people in a type kit, if you were a developer, uh, we had a goal of having you add yourself to the team page on the website on your first day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's because like, 
oh my God, that's a, we got to get a lot of stuff together for you to be able to do that. Like you don't just have a Mac, but you, or your computer rather, but you've got like the whole dev environment and you know, your accounts on everything and, you know, and stuff like that, but it would be different on a, you know, design or sales or, or things like that. So thinking about onboarding, uh, I think is huge to yeah. having people integrate quickly, feel as much as at home as they can in a completely foreign environment. You know, like, I don't know anything these people know. And there's a ton of shared knowledge here that I don't have yet. And that's scary. It's super scary. And and one of the things that we really emphasize on our check-ins with with new hires is don't get overwhelmed by the amount of information. Like, start small and then widen your scope. Like, here are 10 P2s to follow. Like, don't try to follow all 900 your first week here. Like, start small. And then expand out. I uh, I remember my first day at Google. Uh-huh. This was in 2005, so quite a while ago. But uh, uh, they subscribed me to a bunch of mailing lists. Yeah. Right. Like, and there was at that time still like there was probably f- between four and five thousand people at Google. It's I don't know hundreds of thousands now, but uh, four or five thousand people on a like open mailing list of wow. like everybody at Google.com or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Right. <laughs> And I remember, like, uh, the guy gave you your jvn at google.com. Here's your address. But we have a bunch of seminars for you to go to first. And so we went and did all of those. And then here's your laptop. That's great. And I opened. And I was like, I, I log into Gmail because that's, of course, what they use. And I right. was like, I have 2,000 unread messages. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh. I've been here, like, four hours. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> So I uh, immediately opened a ticket and I was like, how do I unsubscribe from all of this? Like, oh, we have a tool for that. Don't worry. (laughs) And that's what we're trying to prevent. We don't want someone to be like, oh my God, what just I'm so far behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. Well, let's take one more break here uh, while we still have time. Uh, I want to, uh, oh, hey, you have a website, don't you, Lori? I do. Do you know if it's up right now? It is up right now. Oh, Lori. of course, because it's on. Yeah, of course it is because it's on WordPress. But yeah. uh, but you can't always be guaranteed that your, oh, that's your true. website. That's true. Yeah, your website is always up, uh, and that is why you need Pingdom uh, from our friends at Solar Winds, who were nice enough to sponsor this episode. Um, this is especially important if you have a shopping cart, registration forms, contact us page, like the kind of stuff where people are trying to give you information, or even more importantly, give you money. Uh, and you gotta know, right? Like if, if the site is always, always up, uh, nobody wants those transactions to fail. That's a bad experience for users and lost business, uh, for you. The good news is you can set up a thing called transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Uh, and that will alert you when a, when a shopping cart checkout form, uh, login page or any of that stuff fails and, and they can alert you before your customers can tell. They will be checking continuously. Uh, and the moment any one of these things do fail, uh, they will notify you in whatever way is best. There's so many different ways you can be notified in Slack. You can get a text. You can, uh, and there's many, many more. You can decide uh, who gets the alert based on what kind of outage is happening or what time of day it is or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if, dist- if disaster strikes, you will be the first to know. Super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash relay FM. Go there right now and get a 14-day free trial. You don't even need to put in a credit card number. Uh, when you do sign up, 
use the code presentable. And however much you sign up for at that time, they'll take 30% off the first invoice. So thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Thanks, so Kingdom. Guess what? They also have a WordPress plugin. I went, hey! I went and looked it up before the before we started recording. And so, you know, it's so simple. You could just, there you go. You got a plugin. Awesome. I mean, there's a WordPress plugin for almost everything, but it's, <laughs> it's very impressive what you, what you all have built. Uh, what else uh, have we not talked about? Uh, oh, uh, measuring productivity. That is a thing that's always kind of turned my stomach a little bit in that, yeah. like, that immediately brings to mind like your boss can like take pictures from your <gasps> take your screenshots and your keystrokes and stuff like that. Don't do that. Uh, no, of course not. But there's plenty <laughs> of like uh, people that work remotely for call centers where like oh. they just have to like you have to be taking calls all the time or we're not going to pay you and we're going to measure it and here's your company laptop and we're you know we can see everything you do and work work work. Ugh, right. Well. Yeah. You know, I think there's probably more humane ways to measure productivity. And, and when we're not, I don't know, when a manager measures productivity by how long someone's in the office, you know, you're already in the wrong sort of ballpark for how you're doing this. I don't know. What do you, what do you get? You got some best practices around. How, how do you know if people are, are staying busy and like getting their stuff done? That's a great question. And um, I don't care so much if people are staying busy. I do care if they're getting stuff done. Right. And um, there are different measures for different teams. For my team, you know, I head up the HR team. We we do have some very tangible metrics that we measure. Like, are we on schedule with doing compensation reviews? Are we on schedule doing our check-ins? Are we? So there are some things that really can be measured. Good. But the other yeah. thing is. You know, are our client groups, do they feel supported? Are they, you know, do they have the resources they need? And part of that is us checking in with them and us coaching them and us making sure that when they have a team member that isn't performing, we're guiding them through the conversations to have to make this as positive an experience as possible. Even if that means the team member ends up leaving automatic, we want them to feel supported, like they got a good chance, they got good feedback, they had the support to succeed. And sometimes it just, it doesn't work out. And that's okay. And we we try to make that transition as positive as possible as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess that gets back to, uh, again, the, the sort of qualitative measure of how culture is doing and, and yeah. things like that. So you have sort of uh, almost real time and then kind of trailing indicators, right? Like, is the work yeah. we're doing, like, is the work getting done? Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, nobody has to wait four days to contact our team, right? Like that right. kind of stuff at, at that level. And that's a little bit like uh, if you're a design team or a product team and like, you know, engineering is trying to deploy and the stuff's not there, right? Yeah. You just know right. like who's, you know, where, where's happened? the work getting done? Why is it not happening? And, you know, and stuff like that. But again, with good, both, both real-time and structured communication, I think that's a, that's a way through some of that stuff. Yeah. And I, I will say that, you know, now we have very different work schedules because many of my team members have children at home. They have partners at home. They're having to figure out either childcare or homeschooling. And we've just made it a very open conversation. And some, some people are like, you know what, I can work for two hours in the morning and then I need to take, you know, a three or four hour break. 
and then I can do some things in the, the afternoon. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about what's most important. Like, let's talk about priorities because you'll always find stuff to fill your time. But let's make sure that since you've got perhaps reduced time now to focus on work, that you're focusing on the most important things. Yeah, 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 yeah. If if only all companies could be so progressive. You know, like, <laughs> when it's a human conversation and it's not like, I need your butt in a chair for eight hours a day, right? Right. <laughs> Coffee at 10.15. You <laughs> <laughs> file your TPS report. Yeah. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Red stapler. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, but the, the reality is we're like, uh, this could be, you know, this will be some big cultural shift for a lot of companies and we won't yep. go back to how we were before. We will find out that like, actually there are parts of our work that are more productive this way and parts right. that we really miss. Right. And so how do we, how do we kind of just skim the cream off the top of all of that so that we can right. be a better functioning uh, company. I, I, I hear the same for uh, things like automation, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. now is the time we're going to realize that so many of our companies could have been doing things much more efficiently. So it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting time to see what's going to be changing. I agree. What else uh, should we think about? Did I cover everything? I think I covered everything. I think so. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, this is great. I'll tell you what, podcast, pretty easy to do remotely. It turns, out, <laughs> turns out actually much harder to do in person. Like that's actually, Uh-oh. that's actually you, like you need a mixer and, and I don't know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want it to sound good. So uh, maybe we'll just do more podcasting. Maybe that'd be all right. Oh, this has been fantastic. Uh, I, you mentioned your website earlier. What is the, wh- where can people read? Do, would you like to send some people to your website or should? You are welcome. I mean, it's on the internet. You're welcome to go go see it. It is. It is. Um, it is not about human resources. It's more about life stories. Um, right now, it is a lot about grief. Um, and if that's something you're interested in, head on over to Lori.blog. Lori.blog. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a that's a pretty good address. L O R I dot L O G. Yeah. All right. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Anywhere else you'd like uh, people to check out, I'll put a couple of links into some of the resources that Automatic has been publishing about Great. remote work and things like that. So, so you can yep. look down there for some of those. Um, but this was great. And I will say Automatic is one of the companies we're still hiring. So there you go. Maybe I'll put a little link to the jobs board that you guys have as well. And that's another episode of Presentable. Hey, got any questions? You can email us at hello at presentable.fm or get in touch via Twitter by following Presentable FM. We hope you've really enjoyed the show. And if you do, could you take a moment and give us a rating on iTunes? It really helps and we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jeffrey Dean and this was Presentable. Presentable.